Yo. Hey. Can you hear me? You listening to Hashtag W-A-W. What a week. Welcome back. And on that note, in case there are some visitors that are watching after just arriving this week, as we say in the BRICS block, Oi, Privyet, Namaste, Nihao, Saubona. Unlike a certain BRICS leader, I won't be using any of the people I know to shoot down planes that might or might not have people that don't like us. Around here, we prefer things a bit more positive. So welcome back to Wow, What a Week. This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. You can't make this shit up. Our comedian is in the building. He's not only a performer for different occasions, but also a guy for all occasions. He can make you laugh, recommend insurance, and even teach you a rugby tackle. If none of that works for you, he can also help you look great with a good grooming, or rather, shearing. Please give a warm welcome to Shan Ray Van Vick. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, man. I'm good and you fresh? Comedian, actor, writer, you are in an outsurance ad, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. I've, I've been with outsurance for like two, three years now. Okay. Uh, just shooting their life adverts. I mean, when I started shooting it, people were like, oh, it took cut their horse job. Oh. <laughs> it was like, guys, I do the life ads. I have nothing to do with cars or counts. This is clearly just the life ads. The biggest irony would be if you have zero life insurance, life cover, nothing. You're just living day to day. How's your relationship with money? Uh, my relationship with money is, uh, I mean, we've had a, a weird relationship for a very long time. Yeah. Um, it avoided me um, <laughs> for the longest of times. But now, like, you know, like we're kind of like a little bit of friends. Not a lot of, like, we're not close, but sure. we, 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 we're getting to know each other. You're born and raised in the Eastern Cape. Yes. Uh, tell us a bit about your childhood. Um, I grew up uh, in Breitbach. Okay. Um, that is a small town in King Williamstown. Okay. Or as it's now pronounced, Ponce. I hope I'm saying that right. I feel like one day white people are just going to wake up and say, Leafy Vada focus on. So, yeah, I hope I'm pronouncing that probably. And I grew up in Breitbach. Um, we said it's turning into Zimbabwe. Right now, we'd rather live in Zimbabwe. At least we can pronounce it. <laughs> Oh, uh, so I, I grew up in Breitbach um, uh, until I was like 16 years old. And then my yeah. father, like he got a job in Pretoria. Okay. And that's when we moved. So you guys literally jumped from, was it Breitbach? Breitbach. To Pretoria. To Pretoria. Tell us about the culture shock of such a move. First of all, yeah, bro, like when I came to Joburg, like, yo, things were like different. Like I was like used to, you know, like, like fields. Yes. And when I got here, I'm like, yo. There's so many robots. That's <laughs> my first thing. I was like, yo, there's so many robots. Like, <laughs> I was like, why are they using so much electricity? There's so many robots and so many twanas. Why do they speak like... <laughs> I actually called load shedding years ago. I was like, this is too much electricity, guys. No, it's going to run out. <laughs> I 
Oh, so it was it was a big culture shock coming to Johannesburg and just yeah. seeing the way life is. Also the diversity of everyone here. Yes. And it was the first time like I was like, oh, because I you know, like we grew up it was only colored people here, uh, only black people there, and only white people here. So when I grew up, it was like, yo, everyone is like together. And I thought it was, oh, this is what Mandela fought for. And then I got to know the people. I'm like, yo, Mandela needs to do more work. It's like, Madiba, wake up, dog. <laughs> dog, you're joking. You left us, it's too much work to do. <laughs> it's too much work to do, yeah. Your rugby career, what happened with you in rugby? Oh, man, I, st I started playing rugby in high school, and um, I played under-21 curry cup. Okay. Those were the best years of my life, I think. Because sure. I, I, I would have retired a Springbok. Like, Sorry, one of our team is an Indian guy. No, no, not that curry cup. Kuvesh <laughs> <laughs> just heard curry, and he was like, is it lunch already? <laughs> <laughs> no, Kuvesh, not that curry cup. Uh, we'll, we'll go to Bismillah after this. Uh, so I, I started playing rugby and I, I played for a team called Eastern United when I was in high school, um, yeah. already living in Pretoria. And uh, what happened was I moved, after I done my matric, I moved to uh, Boxburg. I was like, yo, I'm going to start, I'm going to, all my effort into this rugby thing. Sure. And I played for this team called Israel United. Funniest thing happened. Uh, City of Boxburg saw me and like, yo, we want this prop. Right? Yeah. And they came through. And no, but also, I mean, dude, you look solid. Yeah. <laughs> like, it looked like you could prop a building up. <laughs> building is falling. <laughs> Mr. Van Vake, Mr. Van Vake. We need you. We need you. Uh, and I, I, I got bored. Like the city of Boxburg bought me, but I, I used board so loosely because what happened was I think I was traded for a fridge. Like no jokes aside, because I left in the same bucket that they dropped off the fridge in. <laughs> but the big question is: Are you at the back or at the front? Of I the was bucket? at the back of the bucket. You're lying, man. <laughs> he came with a lady. I was like, yeah, I'll sit at the back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then I played for the city of Boxburg sometime, and then I played on 21 Curry Cup for the Falca. Oh, wow. Which was amazing. It yeah. was an amazing time just uh, traveling um, yeah. with the boys, uh, just, you know, just, just young and, and, and a wild life. So, comedy happened how then? Comedy happened like it's always been a part of me. Like, I've been a comedy Were fan. you there like the running, laughing prop? Yes, that was me. <laughs> that, that was me. I, <laughs> that was me. That was me all day. Like I used to do funny things. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't bathe for like two days before a rugby game. And like every time I tackle someone, it's like oh, get away from me. <laughs> Those are the type of things I did. <laughs> so I was always the funny guy. Uh, I'm just so the scrum loved you. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, every time the smell of two day old balls. <laughs> every time we'd go down for a scrub, like hey, something doesn't smell right here. <laughs> oh fuck, man. Ah. So one of the big stories this week, obviously, is uh, the BRIC summit. Yes. Um, um, I think what over forty leaders from around the world and the in the country. But what struck me though was, is it Narendra Modi? Yes. Of India, I think uh, his motorcade was driving in the Pretoria area, and he had a bunch of fans, obviously from India. There was a bunch of fans that were along the side of the road with Indian flags, so he stopped the car, and he went and greeted everyone. Wow! I thought I thought that was so like, that's like a Madiba thing to do. Yeah, that fuck security. I'm gonna greet those people. 
And, and, and often Madiba's security detail complained about that. She, that we'd be walking and all of a sudden Madiba's in the crowd. We're like, well, how did he get to the crowd? He's busy greeting people, <laughs> taking pictures. And Narendra apparently, uh, sorry, Prime Minister Modi, um, said, no, stop the motorcade. I'm going to greet these people. And he did that. She was, that's so nice. After, after South Africa did what they did to him at the airport and forgot that he's coming. <laughs> what, happened, what, what, what happened at the airport? Because Cyril went to go greet uh, the Chinese president. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, yo, no, I think the Indian guy will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and they only, I think they sent like an MP to greet him at the, at the airport, right? And then he refused to get, I was like, no, I'm not. I mean, there was no dancers, no nothing. I'm going, nothing. How? And, <laughs> and then he was like, no, I'm not getting out the plane until someone comes. And then he had, uh, the president's, apparently Cyril called um, the deputy president. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, can you please. Please go fix this. Please go fix this. Uh, please go with other drivers. <laughs> And please don't beat anyone up. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be very shocked again. <laughs> oh man, that, but that's so cool of him. That's so nice, just getting out, greeting the people. Because we have a we have a big Indian population outside of India. No, no, yes, 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 yes absolutely. So it, it may, I mean, flip Kuvesh is here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And this bowl, that's my Kuiper Kai. <laughs> you know, in fact, in fact, one of the reasons Kuvesh is here is because we were like, come on, guys, we, we kumbaya, we must hold hands and we must all work together. Oh, you guys just short one colored guy. Ah, you're here. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Oh, Yevgeny Prigozhin. Yevgeny. Do you know the name? No, I don't. So uh, he's the chief of Wagner. Wagner is a mercenary group. Oh, yeah. Okay, now it's making sense. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Remember uh, the Wagner group um, had threatened a mutiny, a military mutiny in Russia a couple of months ago? Yes, where they throw the tanks in. Yes. And um, Putin was like, no, it's fine. You can, you know, um, was it, where did you say you can go to? He was supposed to go into exile somewhere. Uh, was he supposed to go to exile? Um, but they don't know. Kuvesh, we thought, you know, <laughs> genuinely, genuinely, as a kid, every Indian in our class got 100%. Not very clever. Kuvesh, you're letting everyone down, my man. You brought the average down. <laughs> so he was exiled. Anyway... So on Wednesday, yeah. his private jet crashed. He's dead. What? Yeah. That's so wild. He's dead. So that's the reason why Putin didn't come. We thought that uh, he's afraid of John's DNA. Gandhi's got a spanner there on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> he's undoing the plane there. So it's, 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 it's not clear if this plane was shot down. Or it just fell out of the sky, as planes tend to do if you're in trouble with the president. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so we're told he's he's dead with his stuff. Uh, and, and obviously, the, the, the I think, uh, yeah, it was a private jet. And um, Prigozhin is dead. But most people are saying, what took so long? I don't, I, I, that's, that's, because, because the fact that you embarrassed Putin the way you did at that time with a mutiny, there was no way you were going to make it to Christmas. 
definitely. I think I think like a whole. I think as 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 the Russian president, and he doesn't like to be teased. I mean, did you see how they teased him when he was on that horse? I like just riding bare chest. I was like, yeah. no president will ever do that. Yeah. Can you imagine just Cyril <laughs> on a horse on the Palapala farm, just just bare chest? <laughs> I was like, so, and people teased him, and he didn't like it. I can actually see though uh, President Ramaphosa on an ankole holding those big, <laughs> or uh, what are they called? Those horns. Those horns. Huh? I was very surprised that he's big. He's always surprised. Always <laughs> surprised. Because I saw, I saw actually a picture of Cyril standing next to those cars. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Why? Why are those cars so expensive? I'll be lying to you if I knew, but I suspect uh, you know unless it's like great meat, like you find with uh, what are those uh, Japanese wagyu, the, the the wagyu or whatever it is. What if it's all in the horns? I don't think it can be all in the horns. Knowing our guy, he'll stuff money in those horns. Because <laughs> the couches are full. <laughs> the couches are full. Bring a cow here. <laughs> Let's put it in the horns. Get up the horns. Get up the fucking uh, cows walk away, can't you? What's in those horns? Are dollars. I mean, they did the same thing when, when when I watched Blood Diamond. I saw that they do that same thing in the DRC where they cut uh, like a, a a piece and they'll put the diamonds inside of the sheep. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. and then you just like walk the sheep, and everyone's like, "Oh, just just walking the sheep over mm. the border, yeah, nothing to see here." Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you were saying there was a story that caught your attention this week. Uh, what story caught your attention this week? A uh, story that caught my attention this week um, is the story of where they found those uh, iPhones. Yeah. Like in this uh, Joburg building, and there's like a Zimbabwean guy there with Mozambican money on the on, on the bed, and just a bunch of iPhones. And I watched the video, so and he, I was like, he didn't go home to vote. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Nangagwa is going to win again. Nangagwa's winning again because we're not busy here with phones. I, I, I think they should they should always find it suspicious if, if, if Zimbabwe is like, no, this is the ZANU PF voting line. This line. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's what it was? Yeah. <laughs> to speak to Paul Tusi, who has left the country, press one. To speak to Cyril Omakekanube, who didn't know that he was on a ZANU campaign, press two. <laughs> <laughs> so then we saw I saw all this money on the bed and just iPhones for days. Yeah, there was like a ton of iPhones. A ton of iPhones. And when I saw it, like it just released so much trauma because my phone was also snatched out of my hand. And like while I was sending a message, people say till today it says typing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people say if they have that number, like, yo, bro, it's still typing. <laughs> it's like dude, hit send. Hit send. What is this? Fuck man, uh, Paul Tusi. I was I was thinking because like I I, I saw the the whole table basted thing and mm. I, I I I looked at myself, especially like when I take my hat off. Yeah, like I look like table basted. Oh shit, you do a little bit. And I was like I was I'm looking. I was like Netflix. Come on, let Paul Tusi be Doctor Nandipa, and let's make this movie. Let's <laughs> let's make this movie. I can get you a number. You don't have to make a movie. Yeah, well, that'd be quicker. <laughs> or you sit on the movies? No, just the movie. I'm in. I'm engaged, fresh. I'm engaged. Where's the ring? I don't mean don't wear the ring yet. 
And he's not engaged. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, so, so a man was also wearing the ring? Where, where, where is she? What's her name? Uh, her name is Dina. Okay. Um, she is home in Alberton. Okay. And she, yeah, she's the love of my life. Amazing person. How did you meet Dina? I met Dina. Um, basically, she invited me to a show because her, sure. her mother has this amazing um, non-profit that she's running. Okay. And um, I met her basically just first trying to get to the show mm. and me getting booked somewhere else and she was upset about that but then eventually uh, we met each other and yeah it's just been a fairy tale since then is she aware that uh, a comedy career can also be non-profit <laughs> <laughs> I think that was an intensive <laughs> okay let's all not have money <laughs> Now, a comedy career is hard, eh? Yeah, I was just thinking back. A comedy career is hard. It's a long time before you start making money. Are you making money in comedy? I am. I yeah. am making money in comedy. Um, I am making money in ads, which is actually the biggest revenue I sure, get as sure. some acting that I do. Uh, but you on Scheme Some? Yes, I was on Scheme Some. T- tell us, tell us about that. It was an interesting experience because while I was while I was doing Scheme Sum, I was also doing the outsurance ads, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, like in Scheme Sum, I played a scammer, right? <laughs> so people tell oh, God, tiny. <laughs> people tell me that they would watch Scheme Sum yeah. and see me scam their favorite character. And right after that, the ad plays and yeah, I am. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Someone posted a meme, you know that Indian guy that stands like this uh, after the cricket, you know that? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, someone posted that, then it was like, yo, outsurance right now. <laughs> so, did uh, policy sales go up or not? Um, I don't know. I'm back for a, for a second campaign, so you know what I'm saying? Oh, so there's a second campaign? Yes, there's okay, a second so you're campaign. Not doing too badly then. Yeah, I'm not doing too badly. We we just shot a second campaign for the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. Um, so it's basically like nice. We're there with Cooks and uh, Potter. Yeah. I think Potty is his name. And we're just kind of like having this spoof mm. uh, game, sh- not game show, like sports halftime show. Sure. And we're just there presenting... Uh, and selling more insurance. Okay, so you're not so non-profit after all that. <laughs> we are doing so nice. Are you doing shows? Where do we catch you in action? Um, I run a show myself. Uh, it's called Bioscope Sundays. Okay. Um, every single Sunday, I'm the host of that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do at Mill Park 44 Stanley. Okay. Um, Mill Park Sunday. 44 Stanley every Sunday. Every single What's Sunday. Uh, 6.30 um, and then the show ends about like a half past eight so you can get home and uh, catch up on that card blanche. Um, am I, where, where's my management? Because I want to, please call management. Uh, maybe we can attend the show on Sunday. Yeah, come through. Uh, this week I've got Robbie Collins, uh, Mojek Lihoko and Abuti Lolo. Oh, nice. That's a beautiful lineup. Um, please call management there. We, c- can we call Tolesmo quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently Tolesmo is getting sued. Why? Apparently, Tolesmo is getting sued by Rosie Mortine. Oh, no. A uh, washed-up actress turned... Um, content creator. No, no content. There's zero. Washed-up actress turned... Uh, Yo, big bro. Tolesmo. What's up, my brother? How you doing? I heard reliably... Oh, yeah. Uh, by the way, we are recording the podcast... Jesus is Lord. Just so you know, yes. And uh, we're hanging out with uh, Shanray Fanveka. I don't know if you know Shanray. Shanray, yeah, 
Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Maybe if I see, I'll definitely remember. Uh, he's, he's a colored dude that plays rugby and is in outshorts ads, and he's very funny. Oh, Jesus. Oh, the tough guy. Eminem, what's up, my brother? <laughs> hey, Dolores, how are you, bro? I'm good, bro. I haven't spoken to you since you wanted to be in the middle of that poster. <laughs> what poster do you want to be yeah, in the middle of? Yeah, there's the folk now. <laughs> no, I booked him for a show yeah. and uh, I put him on the side of the poster. He called me and said, bro, I'm in the middle. I'm the, I'm the middle. <laughs> I'm, the scary, yo. I'm like, yo, bro, it's about posture. You doing this. This means side. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah, you can't I'm be- like, no, I don't want this shit. Put me straight in the middle, my man. <laughs> they must know why they are there. My, my dude, mm-hmm. you just got court mm-hmm. papers from Rosie Mutene. For what? Oh, she's suing me for 200000 for calling her cool beans. <laughs> what do you mean cool beans? What, does she fart a lot? Why would you call her cool, cool beans? <laughs> no, I refer to the shape of her head being the shape of a cool bean. Hold on. So, so she... now she's upset with that shit. So she, hold on. So Rosie yeah. Mutene is suing you and podcast and chill. Mm. For roasting yes, her. myself, Mac G, Soap and Duga, everybody on the show, bro. For roasting for calling her. her Kubin. Yeah, for roasting her. <laughs> <laughs> don't go around people don't go around calling people Kubin, peas, anything, chickpeas, whatever it could be. Do not name other people under the category of vegetables. You will get sued. You understand me? But what if that one... Okay, actually, no, I'm not going to go there. So what are you going to do about this lawsuit? No, I'm going to contest it, obviously. Then maybe it might end up somewhere else. You know, maybe mediation, Yana, where we can be in a group, hold hands and sing Kumbaya and then forget about this thing, you know? But why do you want to sing Kumbaya, though? Do you know what? Honestly speaking, what she's suing me for, bro, it's like it's completely unnecessary. I think that she's also doing that because I've, I've kept quiet, you know what I'm saying, in terms of the things that she had done with this whole Rato Molloy thing. So um, I think that it's about time that I pursue with my legal action against her because I've been waiting. You know, I've been just holding back, doing other things, you know, settling my matter with the NPA. Are you saying mm-hmm. because you haven't been giving her attention, she decided, okay, let me give them attention? Yes, I'm thinking so. I don't know what can I say. Come on, these people won't leave me alone, bro. Like, I don't know what the hell she wants from me. Like, why Basanque? Like, you know, I'm not... So what, yeah. do the, what do the court papers say? You called me cool beans, pay me. <laughs> yes, it says cool beans. It says I called it cool beans, cool beans, wana satan. Then it was translated in English, child of Satan. So now I'm being sued for that, guys. So now I have to go to see my lawyer and contest this thing because no, nah, I thought she's a public figure and you can talk about public figures. So it seems like, yeah, no, she doesn't want to be discussed about. But she has the right to discuss me and call me a rapist on public platforms. You know but, what I'm saying? But, but so I don't know how does that work. But isn't that the wildest thing, though, that she's the person that's been writing letters to any and every business people that you work with, yes. or have worked with, yes. uh, besmirching your good name. And yes. Th- and then when you describe what you think she looks like she might or might not look like what were you eating at yes. the time yeah what, <laughs> what, 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 what did Chaka you have go with <laughs> on toast <laughs> on toast 
You guys are crazy. I don't think you guys called me for the shit, man. <laughs> my, my dude, we will see you in court. Yes, my brother. Um, <laughs> One love to you guys. I really appreciate your support. Yeah. But uh, yeah, good good luck. Uh, but but for now, are you allowed to at least eat cool beans? Or is that also? I'm not allowed. I'm sticking to no name. I'm sticking to no name who beans for the house. Yeah, but no, no name beans are not so nice. Eh? The, the, the tomato sauce and no name beans. It doesn't it's bring the same. It's not the one. It's not the it's one. It's not the tomato sauce. That's the problem. It's not the one, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. And dude, please tell the gentle brother there that you know, I appreciate his bookings all the time. Né? And you must holler back at me. We must do some more dates and shows. We'll see you at Mad Black on uh, Wednesday. Um, on yeah. Wednesday. This coming Wednesday. Yes, my Matt brother, Black. for the Deep House Comedy Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Tolles Mo and myself, Deep House Comedy Wednesdays. At my, 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 my. Oh, yeah, I haven't told my office yet. So they're looking at me very funny. But, yeah, <laughs> I'll see you at Mad Black on Wednesday. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Thank you so much, Big Pro. I really appreciate it. I wear my guys, you must find out about the studio. Behave yourself. Don't tell men about my caca dancers. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't just... Dude, dude, <laughs> with this lawsuit, are you at least allowed, allowed to say, for instance, in Niger, there was a, a coup? <laughs> or you can't even use words like that. <laughs> Definitely there was a coup here to remove me <laughs> off my throne, eh? <laughs> God bless you guys. I love you big dog. Big time, at, least, yeah? at least are you allowed to talk about regime change? <laughs> <laughs> You're the cheesiest motherfucker I know. You should never do comedy, bro. Please, dog. <laughs> Speaking of cheesy, you must try cool beans, toast, and cheese. <laughs> Tolesmo has left the building. Tolesmo is being sued by Rosie Mutene for calling her coupines. Hey, but you can't just go around calling people coupines. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is not nice, bro. That's not nice to do. My dude, I'm going to let you go. Okay. We will see you at 44 Stanley every Sunday. Every You've Sunday. You've got a comedy show there. Got a comedy show there. And if you're looking for live cover, uh, he's got you covered. Uh, but you're done with Scheme Sam, right? Yes, I'm done with Scheme Sam. I'm no more. I'm no more doing those. TV things. work? Any other TV work? We can um, to? I mean, we've, we're shooting something later today uh, mm. for ACBC too. So you, can, you might say some stand-up of mine. Oh, uh, that's dope, soon. man. Yeah. That's dope. So you, you, you're rocking. Yeah, we're rocking. We're rocking. But also, you're about to get married, so you better fucking work hard. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw the prices of the venues. I'm like, yo, can't we just get married here under the lapa? Yeah, no. It would be magical. And what did she say? She said no. <laughs> she said no. No, but doesn't her mom have a non-profit? Uh, <laughs> Can they get a venue booked by the non-profit? <laughs> no. To say it's a fundraiser. Her mother does absolutely amazing work. Auntie Zorina is a, a, like an angel. Why are you, why are you calling your mother auntie? No, because we're not, we're not married yet. So you're, calling your Mom future, so you're calling your future mother-in-law auntie? Yes, for now. Even now. And then, ah, I'm from the farm, Fresh. We do things properly. Okay, so she's auntie, and then after the wedding, after the she wedding, switches to ma. She switches to ma. <laughs> Seamlessly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, you come in straight with the ma from the beginning. Just ma, eh? Just ma. Just ma, eh? Oh, but it, it helps. I mean, in Zulu, mama is mama. And then if you dump me, that ma changes to something else. <laughs> <laughs> Get a nyao there in front. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Shan Ray Van Vake, funny dude. Show him some love, show him support. 44 Stanley every single Sunday. This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. 
Celebrity Guest. Celebrity Guest. Our guest on Wow What a Week is a singer who's worked with a range of U.S. and South African artists. In fact, she's been here so often, many assume she is from here. With the way her sound and lyrics are so ingrained in people's minds and playlists, she's definitely part of our culture. Please give a wow welcome to the one, the only, Monique Bingham. Dun, 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 dun. I love that. Hey, Mo. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? I'm, 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 I'm so good. How, are you? How, how have you been? I'm good. I'm just tired. Tired of what? I'm so exhausted. I've been working hard. Working hard on the show that I got coming up. Okay, so you've, you've got a show coming up. Yeah. In fact, let's start there. Yeah, baby. Like, what show is this? Where's the show happening? The show is Sismo. Okay. Ten stories high and low. It's going to be at Sueto Theater on Sunday at 6 p.m. And it's definitely a new thing. I've never done a show like this. Okay. I have developed short films. We've done nine of them with uh, Vincent Lowy. And we're going to show films. And I'm going to perform live. And it's autobiographical, just a bunch of different stories. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Sismo at the Soweto Theater this coming Sunday. Yes. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Where do we get tickets? You can get tickets at Web Tickets. Okay. Yeah. Take us back to where it all starts. Uh, Born and raised? Born in Brooklyn, raised in New York, all over Queens, on Long Island, and Manhattan, running around my whole life. But New York is home. So music influences... As you were growing up, preteen, what are you listening to at that stage? The first one that comes to mind, preteen, it's Stevie. It's Stevie Wonder all day, every yes, weekend. Yes. He was on, and we were cleaning the house. Stevie yeah. is the seventies to me. Sure. Yeah. And at that stage, what's the dream for Monique? Ah, uh, I actually, I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to write. Mm. novels yeah. as a kid. Yeah, but I always loved music. So you decided to turn your novels into three-minute long... Exactly, it's a song. Yeah. Chapters instead. Yeah, it's poetry, it's poetry. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, you posted on Facebook the other day about how your mom used to work at a certain store <laughs> and hip-hop legends used to come to this store. Yeah, yeah. Melly Melon Scorpio, Grandmaster Flash, they used to come in there all the time and shop. Tons of uh, so famous what, people. So what were you doing at work with mom at the time? Well, like, you know, you'd go in to visit her because I loved I loved the village and the whole uh, punk, actually, clothing scene and everything. Oh, yes, yes, yes. hip-hop, but I loved, like, punk clothes. And she the store was the mainstay on 8th Street back in the day. Oh, yes. And so we'd go in and just hang out, and, you know, all kinds of stars would come in there. It was amazing. Mm. And the kids that worked there were all really hip and, oh, and yes. cool. yes. And we got to do like, and uh, like I posted, we got to do this fashion show on television uh, with Scorpio and Melly Mel rapping to White Lines. Oh, yes. Which was a big record back then. So that was great. Hip hop turning 50, what does that mean for you personally? I mean, I am a car carrying member of the hip hop generation. I was there. Actually, on Sunday night, I do a little spot about, uh, about seeing LL Cool J when he first came out on the back of the bus, and we had a little moment. So you have to come to Sunday to the show to see the whole story. Hold on, so you had a moment with LL Cool J? Yeah. Is he aware of the moment? He he was, he was at that moment. (laughs) So was this after he dropped my radio? This is right after he dropped my radio, like weeks after, like I had just seen him. I feel like we were raised on exactly the same music. Mm -hmm. 
Because I globally, right across and, and across the world from each other. I mean, I mean, you what? You're just two years older than me, so we're probably raised on the same on the same. Mm-hmm. Thing. Yeah, sure. In terms of like we're saying, I mean, we are two years apart. Mm-hmm. As an artist, how important is it to become comfortable in who you're becoming and the age you're becoming? How important? Because for some people, it's... aging is a Oh my God! The That's world, most people. The, the, you know, the you know, the, the sky is falling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we live in a, a youth worshiping society. Yes. Um, you you've got to belong to your generation sure. at some point. I think it's kind of pathetic. You have when to own it. Try not stage. to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And and just be genuine. Personally, I mean, there's no other reason for me to have any fans. Sure. It's not about glitz and glamour and all kinds of stuff. It's what's coming out of me, what's coming out of my head. And that gets better as you get older. So, yeah, I I honestly, I don't care about aging and all that anymore. I can't. Did you used to? Sure. I think it starts about in your 40s, right? You're like, oh, snap. Yeah. I'm I'm getting old. I'm the fourth floor. But my career hit its peak. Absolutely. Thus far. And personally, I think there's way more to come, but it was in my 40s that it happened. But wouldn't you say kids born in the 70s are built tougher anyway and don't age as fast as other kids? I don't know about built tougher because, you know, I did a record with Rocco uh, just the other day called Post-Truth Youth. Yeah. Psychologically, this generation and even the one right before this generation, Mm. you've got to deal with a lot more stuff. Then we had to deal with yeah. emotionally and mentally. We had to deal with preservatives in our food. That's about it. Yeah, and like no seatbelts. Oh yes, and, and my and my and my BMX is broken. That's about it. Yeah, but you have like four thousand people commenting on how you look. Absolutely, you know, and, and have to absorb all of and that. Reminding you that your nose might be big. Exactly. Mm. It's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a different world. Emotionally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When did you realize that? Oh shit, they love me in South Africa. Do you remember the the moment that you realized that there's something happening? Oh, when I when I landed, I had heard, you know, you can't tell yeah. from just people telling you, Oh yeah, this record's happening, it's happening. Yeah. yeah. But it was when I when I got here. Yeah. And also a moment that I had with you, which was really funny in, in two thousand twelve. What year did you get here? I got here in two thousand eleven. That was my first time that I touched down in Cape Town. Cape so, Town so so before then? I just like for, so, 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 for instance, when Abstract Truth blew up in South Africa, I didn't know that. You had no idea. I had no idea oh, what my was going on. Yes, yeah. that was easily one of the biggest records of ninety eight, ninety nine. That's, that's why I'm here in this country because of of you putting that record on on Fresh House Flavor once. Yep. So you had no idea. Who no, it was. I, I remember having a conversation with uh, with uh, Nick Holder mm-hmm. because we had Summer Days on Fresh House Flavor four. And he says, because he, 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 you know, um, his record label was a one-man show. Yeah. And literally, people would call in, and he'd say, uh, DNHLO, and they'd say, we want to order records. And he'd say, please hold on. Right. And he'd pick up the phone. <laughs> and do some of Like, the shipping hello. <laughs> and he was like, Bloody. I've sold 10,000 copies of Summer Days in South Africa. What is happening? Mm-hmm. And then I've sold another 10,000 copies of Summer Days. That's how he would know, since in the label. But if... We'd already broken up, like, shortly after that. Yes, yes. Yeah. In fact, please tell us about the concept, abstract truth. I mean, 
I didn't, that wasn't my band. I yeah. joined the band after they had already been, sure. you know, going for a little while. Yeah. Dana Volchek, the lead singer, you know, those are like serious jazz dudes, all of them. Yes, 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 yes. You know, I, I kind of represented the, a little bit of the crossover, like, you know, their yeah. stuff was really, really heady. Yeah. And that's what that name is all about. But we were only together a couple of years, mm. not long at all. But um, the record's still... They stayed. You play that record today and people lose their fucking mind. It's, it's, it's difficult to understand or comprehend it, but it's beautiful. It's magic. That's the magic of all of this. And, and, and that's what it is. And that's what it is. In fact, since you're doing an almost autobiographical show on Sunday yeah. in Soweto, we have a game we play every time we have singers uh, come in. Um, it's called The Musical. Okay. Um, is the name of the game. Yes. So Monique Bingham, the musical. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need for you to share um, songs that punctuated certain milestones on your journey. Okay. So for instance, in Monique Bingham, the musical, your childhood, yeah. what, what song would you be singing in your childhood in this musical? Every time, the first song that came into my head again, Stevie. Yeah. Um, Love Having You Around. Yeah. You know that record. Um, what if I don't? I'd love to hear you sing it. <laughs> every day I wanna fly my kite, ding, ding. and every day I wanna fly my kite, and every day I wanna get on my camel and ride. Mm-hmm. You don't know that one. You know it. Well, <laughs> oh, trying to get you to sing. <laughs> Monique Bingham, the musical, when you thought you were in love, you're a teenager. What was that song? Uh, oh. You thought, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm to marry this one. It just came to me, but it's kind of not like a commitment song. Yeah. Luther Vandross. Yeah. Let me take you home and keep you safe and warm to the early dawn. I forgot the rest of the words. <laughs> it would be so nice if only for one night. I loved that record. Does your husband ever wake you up and say, please just sing? <laughs> no, he sings. He's always singing. I don't get a chance. <laughs> like, hubby, I'd like to get a song in edgewise, please. I Let, sing all the time. He, he's talking nasty. But yeah, he's a singer. Don't put on Teddy P around my man. Right. Teddy Pendergrass, it's on. Are you guys going to record anything together anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should. We should. He's not bad. Can he sing? Yeah, absolutely. Monique Bingham, The Musical, your first heartbreak. My first heartbreak. Do you remember your first heartbreak? What song got you through that? so many heartbreaks. I don't... <laughs> Jeez. Please send the list. I will take care of it. <laughs> yeah, right? I should yeah, so Send me the list. Send me the list. I got this. Ah, uh, first heartbreak. I'm thinking of LL Cool J again now because it's Sunday. Remember that the, the first uh, hip-hop ballad? What? Um, no, no one in the room. Sometimes from the world. <laughs> yeah. the I need love, mind. right? I hear my conscience call telling me I need a girl as sweet as a dove. For the first time in my life, 
I think I'm in love. Uh, if that's it. There I was. Jeez, like I said, we grew up on the same shit. <laughs> yeah, that was the first hip hop slow jam. Whatever the slow jams, I gotta put a slow jam out. Yeah, I think you. I think you. Come on. I think you need to do that. That was a moment. Yeah, Monique Bingham, the musical, realizing that South Africa loves me. What was that song? Poor people. Yes. That was the one Jeez. that I really like. That was a monster. That's when I started hearing. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a monster. People were like, yeah, I just came through the airport. Yeah. The JNB. And yeah. they were playing poor people. I'm like, oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. when I was like, no, it, I've it, got to get it, there. It, it, it was on top 40 radio. That's how big it was. That's the thing about here. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. And the freedom that you guys, DJs, radio DJs, could play whatever you want. You can break who you want. Well, as long as it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's what happened here. That record got to be played on commercial radio, got mass exposure, and mm. people responded. And I feel like that's really all it's about. If you can get the exposure, something's good, people are going to take it. Absolutely. Yeah, but that was the one. Are you going to give us a sample of poor people? Ain't got no green, can't afford no dreams. And the only thing getting cheaper mm, is me, it seems. Look out my window, mm, still the same. Same bunch of no cow niggas being don't cow niggas. Nothing changed. What we talking about? We're talking about poor people. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That song is kind. Of, that's like a kind of a, a a hard song. Like that got politically and socially. I, 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 and yeah. I, I was about to say. I mean, the you know, just at a conscious level, that was a deep song. Yeah, and when I sang it. See, why, why we're saying it here. Why did you go there with that song? I went there because, actually, I remember the first, there was a, an incident. I was working my day gig. Yeah. And there was a woman in my office, and she had her child with her, black woman and a black son. And mm. she was dark-skinned. And she made a, a comment about, oh, look how dark my son is. He used to be so much lighter, whatever, right in front of the kid. And I was like, wow, that's really, really mm. just some racist, deep stuff. And I mm. thought, we do that to each other a lot mm. and talk about each other a lot when and ignore the larger problem mm. and turn white supremacy and all that stuff on ourselves and on each mm. other. And that's where it came from. Mm. It was like, let me, what do the worst things that we say to each other sound like if we put them in a song like so you can hear it mm. and that's where i went with it but that song when i it depends on where you perform it yeah. because when i played it in lesotho for the first time mm. i was having like a like a like a moment because i'm like poverty and what it means to me in the united states is one thing and poverty what it means yeah. where i was yeah. it's a different thing and they were singing it almost like a like a rallying cry uh, yes which is what it, it, it is, but it was different. It was it was a different energy. So yeah, it it, it's, it's it yeah because at a deep level, it's not a party song. No, but people want to party too. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, and that's also with with the house. I'm a songwriter. I I have a degree in creative writing, and I yeah. I realized hey, I've actually been using it because ain't much you can use that thing for. But 
So my glasses. Oh, but writing songs. Yeah. And I um oh, forgive me, I lost my train of thought. But I uh I I just love the fact that I can take ideas that I have and my mm. political and sociological messages and put them in music and people in a party atmosphere, mm-hmm. you dance into it, you go home and really think about the words, it may be it, it'll be more Absolutely. than just a party song. Tell us about Claudette writing Claudette. Claudette. Yeah. Uh, another example. Claudette. Since we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Claudette Colvin was a you know, civil rights icon who did not get her due and still kind of has not. Yeah. Yeah. Rosa Parks uh, you know, sat on the the front of the bus mm-hmm. in 1955. We all know about the segregation of the mm-hmm. Montgomery, Alabama bus uh, system and, and the subsequent protests that were started by Rosa Parks. But Claudette was was the one of the first who really was just on the bus one day and said, I am not getting out of my seat today. For white I don't person. care. That, yeah. Exactly. I'm not getting up for this white lady. I'm sitting right here. Mm-hmm. And it was spontaneous. Rosa Parks was a, a an action by the NAACP. Sure. And that's, she was an amazing civil rights that's leader. That's okay. That's of also, course. Yeah, yeah. There had to be an organized action. Mm-hmm. But Claudette was what we all would like to think we would do. Life was happening right? to Claudette. It was happening to her Versus right then. Versus we're campaigning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she did it. And she didn't get the credit for it. And I thought, let's, in this little way, in this one part of the song, mm-hmm. I wanted to 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 give her that due as well as you know the rest of the song is about police brutality and and just race relations mm-hmm. in in the US and sort of a history of it but I actually got to speak to Claudette Colvin's sister cuz she's still alive she's in her 80s mm-hmm. um and her sister I believe is in her 60s and we actually Did she get to hear the song? Yeah, she played it for her and um, and we got to I got to at least have a relationship with her sister and, yes, yes, and yes, can yes, get yes. messages to her. But that was amazing. And that's mm-hmm. again the magic of music. Sure. Why am I able to now have this relationship with this amazing icon? Absolutely. Music. Um, Monique Bingham, the musical. You're working your nine to five, but all you really want is a microphone. What song got you through having to go to a nine to five? I had to write that song with him. That was killing you. <laughs> what was your nine to five, by the way? Ugh, I can't even talk about it. Here you go. <laughs> it was the most nine to five office most pencil, like so you paper went, pushing kind of You job. went as nine to five as nine to five gets, basically. <laughs> Honey, yeah. Like straight up commuter, yeah. stuck in the subway, yeah. cramped with my coffee in my hand. Yeah. Been like, yeah. What nine song got five. you through your nine to five? Music, making my own music is what got me through it. I wrote, I had to write the damn song myself. Yeah. Day Gig Blue. Let's hear it. Do whatever poets lie. They cheat. They can die of defeat, but they never would trade rapture for thrill. Play past dew on the bells. Let grass grow neath their feet. It's a jazzy one. I'm doing it on Sunday. Every song that you've penned could be a jazz number. I, that's what I. That's what I. Every single one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love jazz writing, like Coldport or mm-hmm. Ellington, like, like perfectly turned little phrases and like. Yes. Uh, What's that in that line in um, Lush Life? 12 o'clock tales. Like, I just love, like, you know, mm. 
words, writing. So, are, are you an old soul? Would you say? Yeah, probably. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I would say I was. I, 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 I do love like the old forties uh, and fifties. Ella mm. Fitzgerald mm. And, and Sarah Vaughan and and sure. and Ian Coltrane and all jazz mm. for sure. Yeah. Um, on my way to being a jazz musician, I end up in house, which is a lot of musicians. Yes. End up yes. that way. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, but even the legend. I mean, whether it's your Stephanie Mills or your Jody mm -hmm. Watley's. I mean, house music said, hey, I'm here. Yep. You know? But house, it's so open. Yeah, absolutely. In closing, it's like the credits are rolling. Monique Bingham, the musical. It's your victory song. What is that song? Deep in the bottom. <laughs> Definitely. Deep in the bottom. Can't get no deeper. Than the bottom. Of Africa. Whoa. Cause it don't get deeper, baby, than down here. Honestly. That's that's my victory song. South Africa has just given me such a gift. Mm, we love you. I love you right now. We love you like at a level I don't think you'll actually fully get until one day you're on your porch. You told me that. You're like, I'm not, I'm not getting it. Until one day you're on your porch, <laughs> sipping on a Jack Daniels on a rocking chair. <laughs> I'd rather see tape grapes. I'll be here. I'll be retiring here, baby. It's too cold over there. <laughs> when did Hubby make peace with the fact that I might have lost her to Africa? He comes with me. He loves it. <laughs> you know, but, but exactly that. that. No, I think we're, we're traveling this pond. Yeah, of, we were. We were. We were really spending a lot of time apart because I was traveling back and forth. But yeah. he's so supportive. We've mm. been. We've been. We've known each other since high school. We haven't been together the whole time. Okay. We were together, then broke up and got together, broke up again like a million times. Yeah. But he knows and knew that this was what I wanted to do all this time. So I could not have ever asked for a more supportive yeah. loving warm and smart sure. you know partner he, he's we were editing the, the films that i'm telling you about that i'm doing on sunday mm -hmm. we've been editing all week and he's got great ideas so i'm i'm just incredibly lucky why was your last breakup with him with a last breakup what changed yeah that's a deep one why was it i don't know we just we bumped into each other in Midtown Manhattan, yep. he was working, I was working, mm. and just we're like, all right, you. Was it like a okay. midsummer's day <laughs> and you're in a fall? It, it probably, probably fallish, I want to say. It was like, you know, autumn in New York. Yeah. And we just bumped into each other in Midtown and just, it just, you know. What, what, what was different at that time that he's still here? Yeah. What well, was different? I don't know. I think we just realized that. We almost molded each other into exactly who we wanted e the other one to be. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, enough playing around. Sure. Yeah. And we've been together for almost 30. Jeez. Just got married. We're newlyweds, though, because mm -hmm. we were like living in sin for a nice long time and loving it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what it was? It was the pandemic. We were like, oh, snap. We should get married. <laughs> Least, oh, what's going on? Let's get married. If one of us dies because no, of COVID, you let us be married. For real, like you start, started thinking about stuff yes, like that. Yes. And it was like, we're going to spend our lives together. What are we doing? Let's just do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you think he was crazy when he proposed? Did he propose? Did you propose? Yeah, he did. Yeah. In the kitchen. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. 
We knew. Yeah. We had already decided we're spending our lives together. True. So this was, it was just paper. Just formality. Just let's involve the government. That's all it was. Let's involve the government now. Exactly. Just because, you know, they might, they're going to involve themselves if something happens anyway. Let us involve each other. But we, and we did it at Grand Central Station. So. Oh, wow. Super, like, yeah. cliche romantic New York, but. Looking at your discography and some of the names you've worked with, you know, whether it's a jelly bean Benitez or black coffee. Yeah. Like, do you ever pinch yourself and, like, ask yourself, God, like, what did I do to deserve all this favor? I, I do. Uh, yeah. All the time. Just to be able to do this and live yeah. is a gift. I don't ever want to forget it. Mm. And I always remind myself, like, I told you I'm exhausted I'm so tired right now but I'm tired because I'm doing something that is just a complete labor of love yes. I'm so incredibly lucky to have worked with all the people that I've worked mm. with and that I have no horror stories sure. um, a lot of women have a lot of horror yeah, stories about do. this industry yeah. and I've realized really how lucky I am to have sidestepped so much of that and to have been able to work with gentlemen for the most part who you know have treated me with respect mm. and yeah, uh, I'm. I'm glad I have none. And also, I didn't nearly take any. Sh it also helps. Yeah, you yes. can't it also helps to actually to be able to walk away. And go, eh, no. be, be no bullshit. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, you've got to. In fact, speaking of uh, Jelly Bean, I, I was telling him a funny story the other day. Okay. <laughs> um. So growing up, I was a Jelly Bean Benitez fan. Um. As a kid. Yeah. I think I was in grade four or grade five. Okay. <laughs> and then M Madonna bursts onto the scene. Mm hmm. And he got stories. And then I, I had this massive crush on Madonna. <laughs> and then I read in a magazine, Madonna and Jelly Bean are dating. And I was upset. <laughs> I, I, I was upset. It was like, you could take him. This is not Madonna. And then as fate would have it, I meet him in Miami and we exchange numbers. Yeah. A year later, yeah. I'm playing at his party in Miami. And I was like, you know, yeah. full circle sometimes is God literally showing off. Yeah. yeah. Or God saying, now's your chance to take him. <laughs> <laughs> and you're good. I, you know, JB's cool, but he's he's not a big guy. But he's a legend. Man. He sure is. just want to yeah, no, say so thanks for the music and he's, thanks for the memories. He's done amazing things. Like yeah. That's another person, you know, these legends that you end up knowing and, and, and being associated with. Yeah. But isn't that the beauty, though, of the house music scene? That yeah, even the gods of house are accessible. We're we're different. This yeah. this scene is different, and it's because it's like a bunch of hippies, yes. you know, hippies and people in the LGBTQ community that yes. started this thing and are still supporting it. Yeah, it's theirs. Yes, to me, if you don't, if if you have an issue, right, homophobia or whatever, and you say and you like house music, that's like you know not. Liking black people and loving hip hop, exactly. Like you can't exactly because you can't separate there. The, you can't separate the two. Yeah, you can't. Absolutely. So, yeah. Monique Bingham. Um, what is it? Sismo. 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 Sunday. Sunday. Six p.m. Six p.m. at the Soweto Theater. That's right, in the Gibson Ken space, the big, beautiful red one. Where do we get tickets from? Web tickets. Okay. Webtickets.co.za, I believe it is. Yeah. But web tickets, yes. Guys, let's meet at the Soweto Theater. It's going to be fun. This coming Sunday. It's autobiographical. And films. There's films, little movies in between. But I think most importantly, there's voice here. There's gift here. 
Like you, you're not gonna not be there. Thank we'll see you, you in yeah. Soweto on Saturday. Sunday. Sunday. Sorry, <laughs> Sunday. This coming Sunday. Please get there early so you can get your drinks, get situated. Yes. And wait. It's gonna be show. fun for real. Amazing. It's gonna be fun. Mo, thank you so much. Thank you, my love, for everything. Yeah. For house flavors, fresh house flavors one. And, and everything else. And everything else, really. Thank you for the music. We'll see you on Sunday in Soweto. Yes, for sure. Soweto Theatre, this Sunday at 6 p.m. Get there early. Let's show Sis Mo, Mo Love. <laughs> Thank you, babe. Mwah. And we are done. Monique Bingham has left the building. This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. Celebrity guest. Celebrity guest. Our celebrity guest is in the building. She's achieved things that many dream of. She's also received things that many dream of. Today, though, today, though, she's gifting us with her presence. Please give a wild welcome to Lerato LKG, Business Woman of the Year, Kanyaho. Yes. How are you doing? Radio DJ of the Year. There's so many. You know, just this morning I woke up and I say, I said to myself, I need to stop downplaying my achievements. I need to stop downplaying the fact that I've actually gotten so many awards. Yeah. Because everyone else is out there with their achievements, but I always downplay myself. But where does this come from, though, that you almost forget to remind yourself and remind us who the hell you are? I think it just comes back from not wanting too much attention on me. Okay. Because... Of what I have experienced in the industry, you know. Okay. I, I mean, I said, uh, I said to my husband this morning, my next lifetime, I must not, I don't want to be in the entertainment industry. I don't want to be a DJ. I don't want to be a presenter. I don't want to be known at all because of the amount of pain it has brought me, but also lots of joy. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought you didn't like the attention you got, uh, as Miss Jam Ali, two thousand and two. So nothing to do with that. <laughs> no, the only thing I got there was a TV chocolate. You didn't get a jump blaster. And a jump blaster. Quite a couple of things. No, but I mean, you know, that was part of your journey. Yeah. You know, so now many would probably argue that of all the women in the industry, you are middle center. <laughs> you know? Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, whatever, man. Sorry, I'm yeah. an idiot. Oh, no, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Welcome I'm a long to way. Wow, what a week. I'm excited to be here. Tell us about your week this week. How's your week been? My week has been pleasant. Uh, work the entire week. Uh, signed a deal or two. You know, as, uh, as one does. they don't change their minds. You know how it is with brands. They wake yeah. up tomorrow. Oh, actually, no, we don't want you anymore. Whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but last night I had a gig. Woke up, uh, went to bed at about 2 a.m. Yeah. Had to wake up at 7, do hair and makeup mm-hmm. for you. Oh, thank you. We're, we're, we're glad you made a bit of an effort. Yeah, wore a suit. I don't always wear a suit. And a PC. Exactly. Gold yeah. star. Bon. I love the look. <laughs> you know, you talking about, I was speaking to my, talking to my husband this morning. Sure. Did you ever in your wildest dreams think you'd be that girl that talks about, as I was chatting to hubby this morning? Absolutely not. Not you know me. Yeah. You know me, yeah. you know. But um, I did not think I was going to get married. I did not think that... I would have a husband or someone to go to every day sure. because I was single for so many years, 30-something years, you know. 
Uh, I loved my independence. I loved the fact that I could come home and not speak to anyone, which is something that I'm struggling with right now. Because we get paid to talk. So you do a lot of talking on radio, television, when you are out and about. So when you come back, you need that silence, which if you don't, if you're with someone who doesn't really understand sure. the industry, they start thinking, okay, you don't want to talk to me. Oh, but I missed you the whole day. And sometimes you just need that silence, you know. So, um, yeah, each and every day I'm, uh, I'm embracing my marriage. It started off really tough yeah. in a sense of, um, you know, my marriage was on a huge attack in the beginning, mm -hmm. which I didn't understand. But I also feel like it's because I kept my private life private for so long mm -hmm. that when people found out that I was actually getting married or I was in a relationship. The microscopes came out. Yo, everybody wanted a piece of it to a point where I, I mean, the first five months I made the biggest mistake of my life, which I regret. And which was? there was um, putting out a statement that uh, my husband and I had parted ways, but it, at that time was it was to protect the marriage. Sure. But uh, it caused even more damage. And even though we both agreed, it was a mutual decision to write that statement, but I could see how much he was hurting because he says, you can't let these people control you. And this is what you're doing. And I regretted it, but now I'm just embracing my marriage and I'm enjoying it. Four years. What did Mr. Njela do differently? Nzala. Everybody Nzala. needs to get it right. Actually, maybe it's a good thing that, because it's when you Google, Nzala. it's Nzala, like hunger. Uh, he definitely did not bring any hunger in my life. <laughs> did he feed you enough? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, this is the one. Dijo, let me tell you something. Yeah. And by the way, this is how much I love you because I have not done interviews since I got married. I know. I avoid interviews with everything that I have. In fact, we had confirmed her a couple of yeah. months ago and she stood us up. Yeah. Because she was scared to talk. Yeah. But she then decided, actually, fuck it, let me talk. Yeah, yeah. What, I, what, what were you scared of um, a couple of months ago? I think it's the fear of just not being myself, but talking about things that I haven't openly spoken, mm. spoken about. That's my marriage. That's mm. how I really feel or what I think of the industry, the pain that the, the industry has put me through. And just... Maybe really, once again, putting the focus on me because mm -hmm. once you're on a podcast, everybody, you know, listens to attentively to what you are saying. Sure. Um, and they can rewind. The ones that don't like you, they start nitpicking, you know. Uh, you can say, I love apples. And someone says, yeah, she was trying to tell us that she loves oranges. You know what I mean? Or she, or she, or she, hates, or she oranges. hates oranges. Like, exactly. What did oranges ever do to you? Yeah. So, exactly. And so, a plum, you're uh, Like, a plum is there. Well, well, business. Eh, or banana, you're now you in thing. Why was I at the banana? You know, that... <laughs> I'm being silly. So what was it about Mr. Anjala that, what did he do right? Because it's not like it was your first relationship. No. I mean, my last relationship was five years. Sure. And um, so let me tell you, we actually dated for two months mm. and got married. Yo. Yo. It was. So you beat my record. We did Lobola well after three months. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't feel so bad. No, no, so mean, bad. Yeah. The thing is, when you know, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, 100%. In fact, within the first month, yeah. you know if you want to spend the rest of your life with this person or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within no, the first 100%. month. 100%. If not even less than that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've known each other for years, you know, but I was just like, it's just something. I don't know. Because also he was out there, you know, he was extravagant. And you know how I like my guys. Very chilled. And I mean, he's very chilled, very reserved. 
But it's just his achievements maybe were a bit too int- intimidating for sure. Because mm-hmm. you start thinking, how many women is he dating? Oh my God, uh, his record list. Who, how many? You know, so many negative things. Mm-hmm. And um, we hooked up. Uh, I think it was December. Started chatting again. And I was like, because he had. <laughs> See, love makes you do weird things. So, why, so why did you melt them down and put them on your finger? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> wow. What are you laughing at? What? Oh, are you roasting me? No, man. No, it's not a roast, man. But like I, I said, know, I know. know. No, I didn't. I didn't, actually. I How did the conversation go that these gold teeth have to go? It was really tough, but you know I'm very, <laughs> but you know I'm very blunt, right? I'm very straightforward, which yeah. sometimes works against me. But I mean, the one day I said I really don't like your gold teeth. So if we're going to get married and you're going to be waking up next to me every single morning, you kind of more money in your mouth than I have on my finger. Exactly, <laughs> and exactly because it was a lot. Tato, there was I think six. I couldn't understand. And I said, you know, I actually don't like your exes because they let you, you know, keep they allowed this. the gold. They allowed this. <laughs> Even today, I don't like any of these exes. Well, eat, I can hear the fork in your mouth. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not lost. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man, you're trash. Was but, he? Was he? You know, you know, it's like dating a guy with a glass eye. And you know he's upset when he's tapping the eye with the fork. <laughs> No, I will not be part of this because I have a friend who has a glass eye. So, no. yeah, it's one of my besties. Do they ever tap it with something? Does she ever tap it with something? No, that'd she be, doesn't. That would be so cool, though. No, it's so funny because she makes fun of it. You know, and dude, if you can't laugh at yourself, yeah, true, you're gonna be miserable when people laugh at you. A hundred percent. So you laugh at yourself. Yeah, tap like your the, own eye once in a while. The fact that they keep coming for the, you know, my neck. They say, you know, they always say she doesn't have a neck, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh well, I get it from my dad, mm-hmm. Nicholas Quasimodo. I call myself. Oh well, okay. <laughs> it's Quasimodo, right, with a short neck. Yeah. Anyway, so the teeth are gone now. The teeth are gone, yeah. and um. Yeah, man, and we just no, no, no. You need to get over it now. No, no, I'm over it. I'm, I'm teary, like <laughs> I know. I felt like my street cred was gone then, mm. and he hadn't met any of my friends. And I said, sure. before you meet my friends, family members, sure. the teeth have to go. Oh wow! Because I mean, it's something that I will speak about on radio all the time. Mm-hmm. I will never date a man with gold teeth. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, ah, there I was, my guy. The day you did. Do the statement that you guys are not together anymore. Yeah. Take us through the thinking at the time. Sure. And the emotions you're going through before you press send. Because I'm sure there was a time before you press send that you thought maybe I shouldn't hit send. Yeah. Um, I was distraught. Mm. I was upset. I was confused by a lot of things. I was because, certain because, because there's also a lot of negativity in the media. Of course, there was claims of fraud and this. So and that. fresh, so many things, and naturally so at that particular moment because I felt I didn't know him that much mm-hmm. well. You know, um, what is true and what is false. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. uh, to a point where I started doing investigations by myself, which was a fucked up thing to do because mm-hmm. if you're going into a marriage with someone. You need to ask them directly. They must tell you. They must tell me, you know. You shouldn't be and having to snoop about. Exactly, mm. exactly. So then um, I said, okay, maybe just to get the attention off the marriage, 
And for me to really find out what's going on, let me put this out. Or maybe people will just divert that attention to somewhere else. And it just made it worse, you know. But um, here we are today. Uh, you know, none of the claims were, pro- were proven true. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, found out that, uh, you know, the people that were behind that um, that whole thing was, some of them were exes, some of them were friends with, you know, journalists that were friends with the exes. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just really sad because it's only now that I'm actually starting to really enjoy my marriage because I've had to hide my marriage and not really hide, but just be secretive mm-hmm. and not speak about it. Like I said to you, I'm not doing interviews. Just the other yeah, day, I got, a, I got a call from Drum Magazine and they said, it's Women's Month, want to celebrate. And I said, yeah, if you're going to be asking me about my personal life, let's let it go. Mm-hmm. And they actually did. Mm-hmm. But because you're a friend and I think because you understand, you've gone through your own fair share, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. So are you at a point now where fuck it, I am married to this man. I yeah. love this man. And if you have a problem with it, it's your problem. If yeah. you don't, then fuck, let's, in, let's, let's, let's enjoy our marriage. A hundred percent. I am at a point where I, I'm 40. Yeah. I am married. Welcome, I have welcome two, to the fourth floor. I know. Love it. Mm. Um, I have two amazing boys, four-legged boys that I absolutely love. I have a great job. I'm living my best life. I'm traveling. I'm making money. I'm making moves. Uh, why you know I'm like uh, there's something about the fourth floor though mm. you know when you reach that age it's you start you stop giving a fuck yeah. and not in a bad way but you start living for yourself now sure. you know um, you're not too worried about if I say this what is the media gonna say like tomorrow if media writes something negative about me mm. fuck it move on but sure. it depends though because if you come for me now mm. or if you come for my husband mm. then I'm a bit more aggressive whereby before I would keep quiet and oh my god let's just let it slide now i'm more aggressive because i know i've seen the amount of pain he has gone through because of the things that were said about him so now i feel it's my responsibility to protect him as much as i can even though he feels you know he doesn't need protection Mm -hmm. because now he's starting to understand what because in the beginning he was like what do they want from me sure you know um he inherited some of my battles sure. in it. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my enemies, if I may so, in the industry. Mm-hmm. So, which is really sad because my husband, if my husband walked past here, nobody would be able to point it sure. or say, oh, that's him. Exactly. In fact, yeah. he could walk in here and we wouldn't know. A hundred percent. Well, it doesn't help that he removed the teeth. Now we won't know it's him. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I like it that way. <laughs> what did you guys talk about this morning before you came here for the interview? Uh, we spoke about, uh, the gig that I was at yesterday and the fact that I got stopped by so many cops last night. What, on uh, way home? Of, yeah, on my way home because <laughs> I was driving myself, which is not advisable, but you know, sometimes I want to give my driver a breather. And, um, we spoke about the interview, you know, I said, what should I speak about? What should I not speak about? And he said, you need to stop being yourself fully because sure. he's realized when I do like talks and I speak about my marriage, I speak about my work openly. The pros and cons of, of marriage, pros and cons of the industry I'm in, people embrace me more. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I think one of the reasons people fell in love with you the way they did, especially when you look at the success that was the LKG show, which yeah. I feel should have gone on for another five years. 
uh, possibly on a bigger channel, but yeah. that's a story for another day. Yeah. Um, I think it's your realness that's endeared you to people for so long. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you became this guarded woman for obvious reasons. Yeah. For obvious reasons, and 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 I think that's what people love about you: mm. the fact that you are you're real. Yeah. Yeah. I. Oh, it's so interesting that you say that because the other day I was watching an episode from the LKG show. Mm. And I started reminiscing about who I was then and sure. who I am now, or maybe a few months ago. Mm. And you're correct. I build up walls, um, push so many people away, mm. people that could have saved me sure. with whatever I was going through at that mm. particular time. Mm. Friendships, friends, lost friends, pushed away family members, pushed away some colleagues. And Dude, we used to chat a lot five, six years ago. I know. And I was like, what happened, what happened yeah. to her? I, I, fresh, I won't lie. I started thinking that everybody was my enemy. Mm -hmm. I started thinking that everyone is against me. Um, no one was standing up for me. Nobody was protecting me. Mm -hmm. So because Fresh is not coming out and saying, leave Lerato alone. Sure. You start thinking, oh, so he's actually... He's in on it. He's in on it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so there was a bit of a psychological shift that I went through. And let me tell you that therapy helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. Because also it goes back to my relationships with my parents, uh, that's with my dad and with my mom and, you know, the things that I blamed my mom for that I felt my mom didn't stand up for me in high school. My mom didn't stand up for me in tertiary. My mom, as an only child, my dad didn't stand up for me. So, you know, it's almost like child trauma that I have taken when you start thinking nobody fucking stands up for me. My, gra my late grandmother used to stand up for me and I mean, she passed away years ago. And after her, I just thought, I'm on my own. But generally, that's what hurting adults are. Yeah. Often hurting adults are, because there's a child you never healed mm -hmm. back then, the child still needs healing. Oh, yeah. That child still wants attention. Yeah. That child still needs acknowledgement. Yeah. Sometimes all the child needs is an apology from the person that hurt the child. Yes. Yes, you're an adult. Yeah. But the child is still hurting. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important, like you're saying, if... It's because mom didn't show up for you yeah. that you tell her. Yeah. That you know, Ma, you know, when I was in high school and you mm. said this to me, mm. that's what it made me feel like. Yeah. You made me feel invisible. You made me feel like um, I don't matter. Yeah. And I think those are conversations we often don't have with our parents. And those are conversations we ought to have with our parents. Yeah. So they know exactly why you might be the broken adult you are, mm -hmm. or you might reason the way you do yeah. because that child is still hurting. 100%. I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, in high school, I wasn't an A student. And I somehow always felt like I disappointed my parents because all my cousins and everyone else around me, they were A students or so all did well, which comes back to how I'm constantly working and now, you know, trying to be an overachiever because I'm trying to make up for, for all the other years, well, my high school days, where I felt like, you know, I was a loser. Like you, you can't get an ace. You know, an A. You can't ace maths or science like your 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 siblings or like your cousins or whatever. You are pretty for nothing. You are pretty for nothing. Well, actually, wasn't pretty in high school. No. Also you grew. You grew. I don't know what happened, guys. You know, maybe a bit of soap there, basic But <laughs> but no, I was a boy. Viva Green Bar. <laughs> yes, actually. No, but truly speaking, it, it is that. And I know I had a conversation with my mom not so long ago and I said to her, are you aware that I've collected like a couple of awards? Because she was talking about someone else who got an award. Mm. 
And she was like, oh, I love her so much. She got an award. I'm so happy. And I said, oh, yes, you know, that's great. But wait, are you aware that I got the same award last year? Yeah. And she said, no. I said, but I told you. And it kind of hurt me. And then it took me back to... Childhood. Childhood. And I said, why is it so quick for you to embrace others but not me? But also it could be trauma from her. Sure. Maybe she went through that. What, you what, know? what does mama say when you have these conversations with her? She gets very uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah. My dad is a typical Kasi who will sit there and go, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't understand what you're saying, but whatever, man. What do you need me to do? So, Butataki. Butataki. You're, you're not grown up. Do you know you're grown up? Rato, you've got everything. What, what do you want? What are you complaining about? There's absolutely not. I haven't worked in years. There's nothing I can do for you now, you know? But with my mom, I think a lot of black, black parents, uh, they, you know, our generation, um, don't really understand the importance of therapy. Because sure. when you start speaking about therapy, it's like, yeah, that maybe she doesn't want to talk about or she doesn't want to discover. Because sometimes you don't know that you were hurt. You don't you know? open the door and find out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's funny because uh, she's a nurse and she's actually retiring this month. I'm oh, so happy. Yeah, I've been pushing her to retire. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, brah, you don't have grandchildren. I'm your only child. Relax. Mm-hmm. Let her go. I'll Let take do. care of things for you. Exactly. If I need, if I need to. Exactly. You know. But, um, yeah. Speaking First. of Ma, mm. you... I've actually never spoken about my mom like that. It's crazy. But um, anyway. You decided to quit a paying job at an airline to pursue TV that wasn't paying. Yeah. But your mom only finds out when they're coming to repossess your car. What conversation did you have with Ma when this is happening? Disappointment once, all yeah. over again. Yeah. Why would you make such a stupid decision? Mm. And the conversations then, it's, I don't think she was aware, but it took me back to a high school that, here I am, you know. But I think then, because I had grown a bit, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And at that age, I, I, wanna, I, I, I think it's going to work. I hope it works. If it doesn't, then I'll go back to aviation. Sure. Which I thought I loved, but I actually didn't. Mm. Which goes back to, I only fell in love with aviation because... My family, my parents, um, loved this girl in Deep Groove called Tumi, who was an air hostess. Uh, and every time she walked up and down the streets yeah. with a trolley bag, yes. the way they would watch her and embrace her and praise her like an awe. And I would be sitting there going, yeah. So this is what I need to do. This is what I need to do. For my parents to look at me like that. Exactly. So I did that. And, and often as kids, we do that. Yeah. Just to... I'll give an example. Yeah. Um... I wasn't always a chubby kid, mm. but in about grade two, grade three, yeah. my cousin, who was older than me, that I looked up to, yeah. thought it was so funny that when I walk, my thighs trembled. Ooh. It's like for him, it was like, oh, wow, you know? Yeah. So I thought, oh, okay, let, let me eat more and gain. I literally gained weight because I thought my cousin thought I looked cool chubby. Same thing with me. Remember, I was skinny all my life. Yeah. I started eating, taking all these pills to gain weight because I wanted to impress other people because people were constantly mocking me, you're too skinny. Mm-hmm. My family was saying to me, Rato, you're getting old now, you know. You can't be skinny, this skinny all your life. You need to start looking like a woman, a grown woman. So, yeah, so that's what happened with my mom. Um, that's how I got into aviation, only to actually discover later. Sorry, I stutter a bit, uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are not aware of that, so pardon me. So, um. 
and uh, got into aviation and I realized, ah, I hate this thing. So monotonous. Every day, same thing over and over. And you work really hard. And you're on your feet. You are on your All feet. All the time. Imagine I was flying local, right? Imagine the ones that are flying international. Listen, I say kudos to them. And you, can, uh, I, and you can only say beef or chicken in so many different ways. Bona. Okay. I remember the one time I was recording, because I was doing both, actually. Yeah. So we had a TV at some point and flying. Yes, 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 and yes. we're recording something. And I found myself saying beef or chicken randomly, though, you know, mm. because that's all I knew at that particular moment. Sure. But um, it was a great experience. I got to learn a lot, but wouldn't do it again, even in my next lifetime. When the bank wanted to repossess your car, did they take it or did you make a plan? So that's when my mom found out, mm. right? And that you quit your paying job exactly. to do a non-paying So I lied to her yeah. that I was getting paid because I went to TV. Jeez, okay. So then Menir Fervut comes there, Boxburg. Mm. You know, Ari, we've been looking for this person, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I was, the way, the way I'm such a, I don't want to say I'm a thug, but... Mm. Somehow I knew how to maneuver because I kept running away from them. Mm. And I would sleep at a friend's house. I would do this and that. Because I knew there was a time when I parked my car. Chiriakas. You know? Because I was like, I can't. I literally only had three months left. I said, I can't. It was three, four months. Mm. Can't let go of this car at this particular moment. Can they just buy me some time? Mm. And then my mom was at home. Spoke to the gentleman that arrived. And um, she called me. Mm. And she said, I'm going to make a plan for you, oh. the little that I have. Yeah. And you need to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life because this is not it. And that's how she saved me. I have learned reliably that you have this morbid fear of going broke. Where do you get that from? Because I've been broke. Yeah. Uh, Tell us about the, when I was, the broke days. When I was at Soito TV... Um, Sheesh. Now remember that the, 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 you know, the constant salary that was coming in, the little that I was mm. getting from uh, SA Express, now was completely gone. Now it's like Now I am known as the Miss Soweto. I need to look the part. I need to stay at a certain place. Um, I need to go hang out at certain places. And it was tough. The Mini Cooper now didn't have fuel. Jeez. Started overheating. I remember the one time um, when I started emceeing, before I started DJing, there was a, a gig in the East End mm-hmm. uh, that I was booked for. It was like probably 2005. Sure. It's fine. Drove there. I got there. It was packed. Fresh. It was so packed. People were standing outside my, outside the gate and started chanting, LKG, Lrata, Lrata. Did the car not switch off right by the gate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was probably the most embarrassing moment of my life. Because now everyone is waiting for you to drive in. Yeah, no about Shabby. And now you have portrayed yourself, whether directly or indirectly, as this person who has it all together. Oh, she drives a Minu Cooper. Marabatsevori, epic. Yeah. Inside, right? They don't know, Hori, Sitagomorao, Ichile. She's man. My gosh. Oh, wow. That's another story for another time, you know? <laughs> but, um, man, and then I got out and people started laughing. Oh, wow. Because now I got out and, 
you could see her. No, she didn't park at the. She's not parking at the gate because now she's blocking traffic. The car is stuck. The car is stuck. Mm-hmm. Now I have to call a tow truck, which I can't afford. And now everyone is like, "Yeah, when I'm a celebrity, but I went on and did my best, and I left. You know, later on the car came. A friend of mine helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, like in your BMW. Sure. And they told me sixty thousand. I was like, okay, bring it back. <laughs> I'll take it to the hood once again. We'll make a plan. Ah, uh, we'll make a plan. I would just kota kota mole. I drove the car for two days back to square. One. Even worse now because I couldn't afford. But that has taught me so much. That has taught me respect for 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 money, respect for what I do. And it was just, it's not nice to be broke, fresh. It's not nice at all. And I think that's why I work so hard. Um. One of my, my best friend's husband the other, say, uh, other day said to me, man, you work like you're poor. And I couldn't quite make out what he meant. Sure. I was a bit offended, but I was like, I kind of get what he's, what he's saying, but he doesn't understand that I'm scared of going back to that place, which was a very dark place. Mm. I was depressed. It was a time when I stayed in Majita, Aitre, mm. because I wanted to prove to my parents that Listen, I can be independent. So I moved out of home, lied to them again that I had found a place that they had not seen. Kante was staying with like three guys that I love so much right now and they've become my friends. And um, yeah, but you know, it's just tough love, tough life. But for a person that fears going broke again, yeah, you also pay a lot of black tax though. Yeah. A lot of black tax. <laughs> Don't we all? Not as many. I mean, how many people? How many people are you looking after? I'll, I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell you the difference. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's sure. And it, you know, you know. Let me tell you, it's by choice, though. It's really by choice. Um, it's not as much as it, it. You know, it used to be because some people have passed on some have gotten jobs sure, sure. some have said you know you've done enough for us you know mm-hmm. um it's okay now you know start looking after yourself start taking care of yourself yes yes, yes. um i've got family members that work for me i don't know mm-hmm. if that counts as black tax it's black tax exactly you know i'm ne- hiding ne- nepotism is black tax no. <laughs> no i mean if 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 i go get a driver somewhere else and not use Oh, actually, I have one cousin of mine who left me in Durban mm. uh, because he was drunk and he decided to come back to Joba because Chirne Mita. What, what? With your bus? With my bus. Oh, God. Yes. Is he still working for you? No. Oh, okay. So at He least, regrets it, though. At least there's a line you drew. Exactly. It's hard, though. It's hard because then you have family members who say, you know, but sometimes, you, you know, he compromises the business. The fact that I was left there with my agent, with my manager, with my PA, mm-hmm. like all of us. And um, he calls us at eight o'clock in the morning. He left at about three when we we're sleeping. Sure. And he said, no, Ish, you know, Medi was stressing me, whatever. So I drove back to Joburg. Joburg. Bruh, do you know how far Durban is? <laughs> but um, yeah, it's not, not as much as before, you know. Uh, but I love taking care of people that I love. Mm-hmm. I love taking care of whether it be family, friends, uh, because I know what it's like to not mm. be taken care of. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. What is Flutter? Flutter by LKG. That's my brand. Um, you know, our slogan is beauty with a purpose. Okay. So we've got eyelashes, but, you know, our 
biggest baby right now is sanitary pads. Okay. Um, oh, man. Out in stores now, I won't mention because, well, this is not a pain. No, go ahead. Available at we want, we want you to fly. We want Listen, you to fly. so let me tell you how it came about with do the... pads have wings? Yes, they do. We want you to fly, just oh. like your pads. <laughs> Got you. But no, truly speaking, um, I started, uh, I was doing a lot of sanitary drives many years ago that I was part of and uh, uh, did it for like a long time until I realized, you know what, why don't I have my own brand, which is cheaper? Sure. And um, because right now I'm I'm actually the only black girl on the shelves. Oh wow! Yeah. The reason I'm asking you about Flutter is I've learned reliably that you've been nominated for a business award. Yeah. Tell us about. Who that. told you? It doesn't matter. Someone on the African continent. Uh? Is it you? <laughs> I thought it was like a secret. Dude, like... we, we can't bring you in here and ask you questions you're expecting. Um, sheesh, Tato, it, it means the world to me because let me tell you, um, the business that I have, mm. Sanitary Pads, they not, it's not a glamorous one. Sure. So I feel like people have not really focused mm. on it. It's not really glorified like someone who has it's alcohol. Not it's, it's not sexy. sexy, yeah. So it's not like you're selling alcohol or makeup or whatever it is. So people intend to overlook it. Sure. And um, but the fact that there's, you know, other countries that recognize my work and the amount of work that I've done with the pads. I mean, during COVID, we had donated so many, like hundreds and thousands of pads without any funding. And we still continue to do that mm. uh, because for me, once again, it goes back to beauty with the purpose. And the fact that there's so many young girls, um, you know, all over the country, all over the African continent mm. that don't have access to sanitary pads. If I give you the stories, you actually be so shocked. Um, with regards to what they go through. Some using mud, leaves, um, same pad for five days, etc. Um, but it just, it, it means the world to me that somebody's finally recognizing my business. I mean, I got Basadi Awards last year, uh, Basadi Award and a Basadi Award last year. And um, the fact that there's someone out there on the African continent who recognizes my hard work and my purpose. So where has Flutter been uh, nominated for a business award? It's, ooh, I forgot, but it's in Tanzania, actually. Tanzania. Yeah, yeah, Tanzania. And um, I don't have all the details because I looked at it and I got so nervous. And But my PA does and she's not here. <laughs> but I'll give out all the details a bit later on, or a bit later on when I get uh, full-on information. But I'm very excited about it. I really am. Mm. Um, it's sure. been tough. So sure. let me tell you, it's been sure. tough. Sure. Because I've had a lot of people. So here's the thing. And I'm going to say daiki because gidaki it's all I know, right? Mm. So I've had a lot of people come to me and ask me for free sanitary pads, right? Mm. Give them out wholeheartedly. Mm. But now somebody, the same person, you know, goes and gets funding from wherever, whether it be a bar or whatever it is, and they go and they buy the big brands. Imagine. But you come to me mm. and ask for free stuff. Imagine. So disrespectful. So that's been my challenge, you know, that I just honestly feel like uh, black people have not supported my business enough, especially with the fact that, you know, it's business with a purpose. And, and I think that's the sad thing that often people see you or us as a yeah. means to an end. Yeah. Um, you know, a brand will do a campaign, but they won't call you. Yeah. But when they have charity work to do, they will call you. Oh, yeah. But the favorites that they use for their paid campaigns yeah. are not called to do the charity work. 100%. What kind of bullshit is that? That's 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 and, basically what I've been going through. And these are conversations I've also had with brands yeah. that will call me and say, we have a charity drive coming out. Yeah. I'm like, 
but you guys have people you work with on your paid campaigns. Yeah. Why must I be the one that comes to run a soup kitchen? Mm. But when there's money to be made, yeah. you're calling other people. Exactly. Like, like, what, like what is this? What and can... when you raise it, yeah. you are problematic, you're dramatic. I, I raise it. Do you come? No, no, I, I, I'm learning to raise it. Sure. Um, actually, just the other day, we sent an email to a certain company mm. that asked us for free sanitary pads. And we actually screenshotted the drive that they had done and mm. the amount of money they spent and went and bought big brands. Sure. I will mention again, I'm the only black brand on the shelves, which means I need all the support. Because, you know what I mean? So um, I don't have anybody supporting me. It's non-funded. It's literally my own If I used pads, I'd support you. Ask you. Thank you. Yeah. But you can buy... If you make tampons, I might help maybe with the nosebleed and say, for my nosebleeds, I use flutter. Then stick it in my nose. But at least it's support. Ew. Speaking of tampons, we're actually going into tampons. Uh, I've taken quite some time because they're really, really expensive and Mm. they only uh, get manufactured outside of South Africa. Sure. Which also brings me back to the fact that I'm going into manufacturing. Um, I can't wait to manufacture my own sanitary pads. Yeah, because it's my love. I love it. I was told just the other day that you are literally every single day thinking of ways you can make more money. <laughs> Is that a bad thing? And, 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 and I'm not saying you never need to work a day in your life again. Yeah. Because obviously you don't want to be a burden to your hubby. Yeah. And you're, you're, you know, you're, you're self-made. Yeah. And a lot of people find that a hard pill to swallow. That you're yeah. self-made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though many will hide behind the fact that uh, she's married a guy with money. And forget Always. that you've been making your own money. Yeah. No, I've seen that. Because I get that the narrative needs to stay a certain way. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, a lot so of you're, the, a, no, you're a broke it girl. Exactly. I'm yeah. a broke it girl. You know, she gets yeah, money yeah. from her husband. My makeup artist this morning was talking about um, the fact that she she didn't receive, um, you know, uh, allowance from her husband this sure, month. Sure, And I was like, can I tell you, I've never received allowance from my husband. Yeah. And most of my friends get allowance. So is it because I don't ask for it? Or maybe he feels, oh, well, she doesn't need it. You know what I mean? But um, would, you, would you like it? Oh, oh, a fertile. It would be nice, babe. Oh, Tommy. Do the damn thing. Oh, Tommy. <laughs> now he definitely won't do it because he, he doesn't work well under pressure. <laughs> no, but you know, it's it's also me hanging on to, to my independence, you know. Um, there's just something about being independent once again, Fresh. It would be a nice thing to do, but I don't, I don't need it at this particular moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, your radio gig um, with uh, Proverb. Yeah. You, get, you guys actually sounding good together. I mean, I mean initially, I personally wasn't sure of the combination. Yeah. When I read about it. Yeah. Because sometimes things don't read well. Yes. But until you experience it, then you realize that actually this combo works. Yeah. You guys are the fastest growing show on Metro. We are. And I think you're the biggest midday show on Metro right now. Yeah. Uh, for those that didn't know. And then revenue. And for those that didn't know. Yeah. Uh, this show is growing so fast. And revenue. They can't keep up. Uh, and revenue. <laughs> yeah, which was sheesh. Tell, tell us about that feeling. Oh, no, man. I mean, I was in a meeting with Gina and yeah. Gina said, listen, we we doing this whole thing where we're pairing everybody up. We're yes. going to see if it's going to work, etc. And I said, great. And they said, proverb. And I said, Idols, mm. proverb, Rap, like huh? ladies and gents, you know, that proverb yeah. is, we are two different people. Mm. Is he going to get my jokes, etc.? But because of the good things I had heard about him, sure. I was actually excited. And mm. the fact that I love him as a, a presenter, a host. Mm. And um, the first two, three months, it was a bit, 
uncomfortable because we're trying to find each other and exactly. you're not trying to step on each other's toes because he found me there when I was doing the midday link up alone, you know. But, you know, we made a decision to actually just let it flow. I'm sure. We will find each other. Mm. And let me tell you, he is probably probably the best co-host I've had. No, Proverb is in an incredible mind. Yo. And because he's an incredible mind, yeah. there's nothing he can't do. Yes. Like literally there's nothing he can't do. Absolutely. Because he's an incredible mind. Yeah. And let me tell you, he's very content yeah. with wherever he is, with his position. Sure. He's not competitive, which I had experienced in the past. Yeah, he's not people, to prove himself. Do you know what I mean? He's there, you know, you say, LKG, now he calls me mother, mama, come, let's rock. You know what I mean? Sure. That I appreciate. And I get to learn so much about him. Um, I learn so much about him, about, about property, about business. Is the time up, sort of, apparently, yeah. for too long? Okay, we're finishing. We're finishing. We are nearly done. We're nearly done. We're, our, our next guest is... Wait, wait. Am I late for radio? What's the time? You're almost late. No, you're not late for radio, but you're almost late for radio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me see. What's the time there? It's uh, 10.53. 10.53? No, I start radio at 12. But I know, you know, you've got another guest coming up. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's it's a synergy and, you know, so effortless. We, we actually really, truly love each other. Mm-hmm. He loves you so much. I know. Oh. No, he tells me all Why the time. did you have to burst? Yeah, no, I thought it was going to be like a surprise or something. No, but he, he loves you. He respects you. He speaks so well of you. He, like, you are like, it might be a bit of an exaggeration, but this is how, this is what I say to him all the time. You are like a God to him. Mm-hmm. And he appreciates what you have done. And that's one thing I love about Proverb. Anam pride. Sure. If you've done something great for him, if you've helped him somehow. He knows where he's from. Exactly. Mm, and he, he never tries to hide it. No, he or never to, does. Or to dilute it. Or, no, no. Or to downplay it. Exactly. Yeah. He will tell you, listen, man, you, everybody else can fuck off. Just leave fresh alone. Do you know what I mean? So uh, I love that also. But he's just, he's really great. We, no, he's my dude. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And you're my dude. You're my dude. I was five, six years ago. And then you put a wall around yourself. Because everyone else is attacking you. Can I tell you? I've always wanted to speak about this. Yeah. I felt betrayed by you. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. So when I started DJing, mm. let me tell you why. When I started DJing professionally, mm. there was this whole thing of people started, you know, commenting, making fun of it, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Euphonic, who is my friend, mm-hmm. started making fun of me on social media. Mm-hmm. Now recruiting people who did not want me to do this. He was doing it for fun. It was banter. For him, it was banter. For him, it was banter, but he did not realize the amount of damage he was uh, he was causing. I've never him? told him. But that's the problem. that's why... And you guys relate in such a way that you could have picked up the phone in September. I know. Stop it. Yeah. And someone the other day said to me, um, you know Timber loves you, right? Mm. And I said, no. He does. He actually doesn't. No, no, he no, no, no. does. I, you, that's the thing. But mm. because I haven't communicated... Mm. And I'm still keeping this thing, you know, inside of me. So I felt, because you guys were inseparable, and you are inseparable, I thought, okay, it needs so that Fresh. On it. Fresh is also yeah. in on it. He's inheriting this. Oh, wow. But I go and I speak to Fresh about how much I want this to work, how much I love this mm. thing. And then he lets you, why is Fresh not calling out Euphonic? Okay, I hear you. I hear you. Do you know what I mean? I because it just, it really got out of hand. Mm. And yeah, but it is what it is. Mm. So that's why I kept my distance from you. Jeez. But you know I love you. Okay. But you know I love you. So you're a- angry at me for Temba. 
a waffle. Because <laughs> you guys are like twins. But it is what it is. So I can imagine you see Temba's kids at a mall. You kids suck. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're now mad at everyone. I, I, I'm not that petty. Uh, no, I'm not that petty. I, would ne- I love children. I would never do that. Let's talk about how LKG deals with certain things. Uh, body shaming. How do you deal with body shaming? Whether that's online or offline or in your own mind. Now I make fun of it. Yeah. You know, before, uh, with, with True Love many years ago, I mean, that broke me into pieces when they released unedited images of uh, my shoot then because I complained about the over-editing. And still today... Still today, they actually haven't apologized, mm. but it's fine. I don't fuck with them. They mm. can stay there. True. Um, I was, it took me back, mm. like 15, 20 steps back, 100 steps back, because mm. now I was insecure mm. about how I look. I thought that I need to work out. I started working out like ridiculously because mm. I wanted to have a perfect body because at that moment, I felt true love was trying to say, She's supposed to have a perfect body, but she actually doesn't. Sure. That's why we photoshopped her so much, mm. you know. Mm. But today, uh, I embrace everything about me. I've got one saggy boob, you know, because I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a humongous ass, which you I don't like. Watch. One boobie is bigger than the other. Yeah, oh. it is. It's, it, it's naturally so. The one is sagging and the other one. No, it's the, the big ring. <laughs> That ring is dragging the... Uh, that's what it is. Stop. <laughs> no, but for real though. No, it's not. It's not. But it's just, it, listen, that's how a female body works. Nothing mm. is ever perfect. Mm. So I'm just embracing it more. And I've got, I mean, a dude that loves me as I wake up in the morning, mm. you know, with my messy cornrows, sure. my smelly breath. Mm. Oh. What more can I ask for? No. You're okay, There's no way you have... Uh, muck in your eyes and smelly breath. Oh, you'll be very surprised. I snore. Hey, time you call us, my man. No. We want to talk. We just want to talk. <laughs> cyberbullying. How does LKG deal with cyberbullying or process it in her mind? Sure. It depends what it is. Uh, the last time I had an outburst on social media, which I 100% don't regret at all, was uh, when an individual came for my husband, uh, you know, told lies and came for my womb. And mm-hmm. I think I've spoken about my 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 struggle with uh, falling pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, which we're not going to delve into right now. But um, for me, there was it was very important that I address it, you know, um, because there's so many women who are being bullied, whether it be on social media family members, in-laws, mm. their own parents, that they can't, you know, give life, mm. if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so I had to stand up for myself and all those other women that are going through the same challenges, mm. you know. Um, but that was it. Now I'm just, whatever, man, I, I, I just move on. There's things that will hurt once in a while, but mm. now, like I said to you, brah, I'm on the fourth floor. This is a floor where you don't. Now you're just thinking about like going on holiday or central pay. And you and you don't and you don't worry so much about shit you're not in control of. Exactly. Mm. No, that's true. Mm. Tato, not everybody will like you. Mm. You know, and the ones that don't like you forget that not everybody likes them. Exactly. So who am I? I could Jesus. Mm. Not everybody loved Jesus. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So it's hard to get to that because you always. I'm sure you. I, I don't know if you can relate now, mm. but I'm sure you went through that where. You just wanted to be, I wanted to be liked by everybody. I was like, brah, I am the coolest girl ever. Why? Mm. To a point where I used to think, Horim, can I listen to I curse. Mm. And I went to consult. Mm. 
Because I said, I don't understand because I've never done anyone wrong. Mm. Do you know? So what did the Sangoma say when you consulted? No. Hey. Who said it was a Sangoma? Who did you consult? No. Hmm? Mm, oh, oh, you went straight to a witch. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you know my family's from Limps. You know how we do. Joking. No, I mean, they spoke, they spoke about generational curse. I'm, mm. I'm probably, I've inherited something that happened in my past life, which I still don't get. Sure. Because uh, now I don't know how to break it if it mm. is that. Mm. But it's maybe simply a, I'm a sacrificial lamb. People mm. need to see me as someone that they can take out their anger on. You know, there's, there's people in the industry that are fully loved. Mm. And there are those that are just hated for the reason. For whatever reason it is. Whatever reason it is. Mm. Um, but also it just, it goes back to, when I started in the industry, a lot of people planted certain things about me. There was a narrative that was pushed by whether it be journalists, whether it be bloggers, whatever it is. And it stuck with me for so many years because even when people speak about me, it's but this person said da 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 Because also people consume a lot of rubbish on social media. Once they read, that's all they're running with. They're not going to come and ask, tonkina. That's that's all they're running with. As an eat, yeah, not rock. Ew, no, that's what I was trying to say. But you get what I'm saying, yeah. you know, mm. uh, which is really unfortunate. But it comes with the industry. Mm. So now I'm just learning to just go with it. Sexism and gender inequality. How does LKG deal with that? Whoa, how do I deal with it? I mean, touching on my DJ, it's very evident. It's still there. We still have a long way to go. Radio, which is still very much male-dominated. That's why you have males on drive, you know, whether it be breakfast or... Um, um, afternoon. Afternoon. We still have a long way to go. I mean, it's a, it's, there's a shift, but it's a very slow shift, especially with broadcasting. We see it happening there. Anel is sitting on breakfast. Tando is on afternoon drive. And I feel like Metro also is slowly but surely getting there. All the other SABC radio station. Twasa is on afternoon or breakfast somewhere there. Azani was on Metro breakfast back in 2003, four. So, you know. Really? I didn't know that. No, yeah. No, Aza yeah. was on breakfast at Metro about oh. 2003, 2004. Yeah. I thought she was doing Kutso's slot. No, she was on breakfast. Yeah. We're slowly but surely getting there. Um, you know, even with DJing, you see remarks being made here and there about female DJs, whatever. Listen, um, it's really honestly as women, it's our responsibility to start making that shift, be a mm. bit more aggressive sure. about, you know, what we want, how we want to be treated, how we want to be spoken about. It's really honestly our responsibility. I think my advice also to women in the industry mm. is stop trying to be the best woman on radio yeah. and start wanting to be the best person on radio. Baby. That mind shift might also have people change how they listen to you because you've also shifted how you view yourself. Yes. We know you're a woman. Mm. We, it's clear already. I'm we can sure. tell. Yeah. Now, why don't you want to be the best in the industry versus being the best woman in the industry? Yeah. We don't give a fuck whether you're a woman or not or how you identify or what your pronouns exactly. are. Exactly. Whether you're them, she, it, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Just want to be the best yeah. and work towards that. I love that. And, and, and people can only ignore the best for so long True. before they realize that, oh shit, we're sleeping on someone. We're sleeping on something yeah. that we need to unleash before someone else does. Yeah. So that's my advice to you and other women in the industry. Let me tell you, I used to think like that, even with DJing, yeah. best female, mm. best, because now you start isolating yourself. Exactly. You know, so mm. people will look for problems, mm. will look for differences. Mm. Um, I respect that. I absolutely Just walk in and kick ass. Yeah. 
Yes. You walk in and kick ass. And, and, and you do that. I mean, you rock a crowd uh, unlike most people in the industry. Yeah. Because I've seen you rocking a crowd. Yeah. Because I love what I do, yeah. Tato. I love what I do. What I do. It's been tough getting to where I am today, whether it be radio, whether it be television, whether it be DJing overall. Uh, but uh, I'm here. Are we out of time, guys? Yes, we are. You're hoping. She's even rolling her eyes. We're going to start putting a picture up so people know who's rolling the eyes. Are you really rolling your eyes? I'll walk <laughs> off set and delete there so that you don't have anything. Oh, no, it's on the server already. It's, it's, oh. it's ready to go up. Oh, that's my yep. guy. Um, <laughs> I know you didn't really want to touch on the baby's issue, mm. but um, I'm framing it like this because for me, it was a trigger as someone who's been a part of a miscarriage. Because mm. I don't want to say I suffered a miscarriage because I was in carrying. Yeah. You know what I mean? But for instance, your relationship with, you've got this brilliant business, Flutter. Mm where you're making sanitary pads. Um, as a woman, you get a period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your period is, this is as woman as I can ever be. Yeah. But you also want to be a mother. We know that. You've, you've worn that on your sleeve. How do you avoid your pads business being a reminder of the pain you're walking? It's a constant reminder of both myself and my husband. Yeah. Um, sure. Oh, my God. While you think about it, I'll tell you I'm, I'm, I'm asking you this because I remember about 12 years ago. Yeah. No, about 11 years ago, mm. we, we had a miscarriage mm. and then we tried for three years. So for me, every period was a reminder yeah. that, fuck, we failed again. Fuck, and we failed again. And then we gave up. Yeah. And the little man was like, uh, no, sorry, I was not ready. Yeah. Then he showed up. Yeah. But so, so for me, a period was a, a reminder that fuck. Yeah. That's how, I mean? that's how I see it. And mm. you have people saying, but, you know, a period means you still have a chance. Mm. For me, it's a constant reminder. For my husband, it's a constant. I mean, he might not say it, mm. but I see the disappointment every time I say, Oh, I just got my parents today, mm-hmm. you know, because he desperately yearns for a child, the both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, we are currently, you know, trying to, trying other options, but it's it's really not easy. For what's other options? Ah, why did you make it sound like that? No, water, not in a bad way. See, that's why I don't want to come here because I'm not supposed to speak about it. Um, would, you, would you ever look at a, a, a surrogate? So... Because you're my guy. So we, we've been on that journey mm. um, the past year. Mm. We lost our first surrogate. Jeez. Which is really painful for us. Mm. Uh, she just decided, you know, she changed her mind. Mm. And which set me back also because then the disappointment. Sure. Um, but not blaming her for it, for anything. I mean, she had her own reason why, mm. but I mean, would fly her, she was from Durban, would fly her to Joburg to go for tests, for checkup and sit, mm. et cetera. And somewhere she just changed her mind. And this is what a lot of people that are going through, you know, the surrogacy journey don't speak about. It's a very painful, very exhausting journey. Um, you go on IVF and they constantly have to check your eggs. Mm. Mine have been giving me problems, um, which makes me feel like a failure again, you know, constantly feel like I'm not winning with anything. But I'm really hopeful, and so is my husband, mm. uh, that 
we'll have our baby. Mm. We're going to have our, our son. And so then you'll enjoy practicing. Oh, and absolutely. We'll practice every day. We practice every day. Why are you shaking your head? Look at him. <laughs> oh, you don't practice? You don't practice? There might, <laughs> there might be many things in your household, but Ntala is not one of them. No, definitely not. <laughs> Starvation is not one of them. No, 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 no. But um, it's really tough. And, and um, I'm in the process of actually documenting the the entire journey. So I think you should. You have a story to tell yeah. and there's a lot of people walking that journey, that story yeah. that might appreciate the fact that you're holding the hand yeah. and saying, don't worry, you're not alone. hundred percent. There's a lot of us going through this shit. hundred percent. And and what a lot of people don't realize is most people that actually carry full term are probably lucky. Because most people actually lose their pregnancy. Yes. Like a lot of people and we, lose their pregnancy. We don't speak about it. It's frowned upon. It's never spoken. I remember the first time I spoke about my, my first miscarriage mm. and my family was a bit uncomfortable and they were saying, are you sure you want to put it's it It's your laundry. Out? Why is it out yeah, there? Well, yeah, it's your laundry. Why is it out there? Now we don't know what caused it. And if you are being bewitched, you know, people mm. feel whoever that, you know, bewitched you is feeling like they, uh, they succeeded or, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. but now times are changing and my family's starting to understand that I'm very open about this conversation because mm. I constantly, I get thousands of emails mm. from women who have miscarried, who are struggling to fall pregnant, who are in marriages. Mm. And don't know how to deal with it, you know, who's, mm -hmm. who are currently going through divorces because, you know, their husbands are just, you can't, you know, you can't give me what I want. Because a lot of times you go into marriage and a guy will say, listen, babe, we are in this together. Whether we have a child or not, it's okay. And, and the weird thing is it's always the woman's fault. No, of course. Yeah. It's always the woman's fault yeah. that we're not falling pregnant. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I remember when we were trying to fall pregnant, we went for tests. Mm -hmm. And they found out that no, actually no. My 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 soldiers are lazy. Yes. Apparently, my soldiers were sitting <laughs> sipping on margaritas. Where are we going, girls? Yes. Where are we going? There's an egg. <laughs> but you see, men don't speak about that because it yeah. is somehow embarrassing, or it's not supposed to be happening. You must talk about because it. Because we are the carriers. You know, it's our responsibility, yeah. Yeah. our failure, etc. Mm. It happens. It definitely. The stories I've heard definitely. The only problem I had with us walking the journey of testing and everything yeah. was. Because you're testing, now you must go into a room with yes. a bunch of magazines. 100%. And deliver a specimen. So I was in this room, I was like, am I this guy? <laughs> but is it difficult? Is it difficult? I mean, Tommy doesn't want to speak about it. So I, just, I was like, is it weird? I was like, I haven't had a wank bank like, like since high school. So now I must read a magazine. <laughs> Yo, whatever you do, just make it happen. You know, just make it happen. So, but um, so, so for me, I'm not scared to talk about it. Of because course, I'm yeah. hoping other men will realize that it's not always her fault yeah. you guys are not falling pregnant. Yeah. And until you've both done tests, it's both your faults. Yes. And even if it's one of yours' fault, yeah. if we can fix it and yes. have a medical intervention, let's go that route. Yeah. But let's walk it together. Mm. You know, you can either have it build you, build you as, a, as a couple yeah. or have it actually rip your marriage apart. 100%. Yeah, I mean, the first time we both went for tests together, he... As did, we, did you also take a magazine? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he didn't want to talk about it, though, which is so random. Because I keep asking, so, why again? And then... Yeah, man. And he's like, don't, don't, don't <laughs> ask for Don't ask for Yeah, no, he doesn't like talking about it. But I mean, we both did, did tests and uh, before we got our results, he said to me, you know, you mustn't think that it's 
if something goes wrong, it's you. Yeah. There's a huge possibility that it could be me also. Absolutely. So, um, I'm in this with you. Listen, man, I could talk to you like the whole day. I know. But I know you have a radio show to get to. Yes. And we have another guest to get to. But I just wanted to thank you for being a beacon of hope and light for so many women out there. Thank you. Um, a lot of little girls don't know that you can have it all. Yeah. You can work hard, have your dream job, um, find your dream hobby, and enjoy your own money, and not get a, 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 a girlfriend allowance, and still buy all the things you want to buy for yourself. 100%. You can have it all. And and, and I think you're, 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 you're a prime example of, until I have it all, I will work hard enough to get it all. I think you're the perfect example of that. So I just wanted to thank you for that. You inspire even me. And um, keep kicking ass, dude. Thank you. Kick, you kick ass and um, um, my nephew will arrive one day. I, I have hope. And, um, Don't do that to me. I, I know I can't afford to have him have a Valentine's concert once he's arrived. <laughs> but I, I'll go to the crazy store and buy him something for, for like 50 bucks. The only crazy store. I can afford it. <laughs> No, it's fine. No, no, no. Thank you, Tato. And uh, yeah, thank you for inviting me. And you know you're my guy. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have, have a part two because you need to go. But we're going to have a part two. Okay, great yeah. stuff. Thank love, you. Love you. Love you a long time. And, um, I'm sorry you feel I let you down and didn't defend you when Temba was trolling you. Now I know. Yeah, now Temba's going to see this and he's going to call me. And... Oh, he's going to But it's a small, but, but you know what it was? It's, yeah. it's because I love you guys so much and... I guess I was expecting dude, so much from you. But also, Temba loves you, dude. Don't, I know. Don't mistake no, no, no. it for Temba is being yeah. a troll and being yeah. a, an asshole. Temba loves you. It's fine. Yeah. I'll see him in Ibiza on the decks. Well, Bund. <laughs> Thanks, Riri. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, please ask her on social media, what is this to with her and Oxtel? She loves Oxtel. Maybe she'll tell you on social media because we've run out of time. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? Whatever, man. I'm out. I'm done. I'm on radio. No. No. Don't do that. No. <laughs> I know stuff about you. Oh, my gosh. We love Oxtail. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> LKG has left the building. And we are done for the week. But we can't call it a day or a week without uh, shouting out uh, Derek Watts. Well-known journalist who passed away, known to some as the funky Toppy in an ad for light beer. However, many of us knew him as an icon for truth and investigation. Either way, he was, and still is, and always will be, a South African journalist legend. An inspiration to face odds and tackle them, whether they are corrupt business people or wayward politicians, and to still keep your sense of humor. In that spirit, we'd like to wish you all fortitude and a wow week ahead shout out to everyone that made the show possible amp studios for housing us the africa podcast network pezulu works for the cinematography Autista flow fraser for all of our imaging our guests shanray van veik monique bingham and lerato kanyaho our creative director kuvesh mohan and show producer gilesomudisa king Email waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. Have a great week in spite of yourselves.